We'd like to welcome you back to part five of our current event and weekly Bible study for, uh, I'm sorry, December 19th, 2016, part five. We're about into the sixth hour here. Uh, I'm only on page six of a 13-page study, but we don't have as many audio clips, so this should go faster. Uh, again, the one cool thing, I'm do, kind of doing mega studies every two weeks now. The one good thing about it for the listener is that I give you plenty of time to listen to all these audios that we're putting up. It's a ton more work on my end, and I can't do it every week, but putting up these mega studies every two weeks, and again, I'm not saying it's going to be like that way forever, but with the level of severity of news, uh, gives you a plenty of time to like listen through this. There's a lot I'm giving you in this particular study to digest, particularly from a proactive prepper type of um, angle. The next report is Trump supporters headed to FEMA camps if he loses electoral college vote. Okay, again, this is Dave Hodges with his doom and gloom, you know, garbage that I can't stand. Why does he have to put out a headline like that? Okay, so if he loses electoral college, all the Trump supporters are going to FEMA camps. Come on. Why do you have to do that? Again, I, you know, it, it, it's very, very aggravating, but that's the title of his report. The thing is, is there are a lot of things noteworthy in this report that I felt like I had to get into because now we're going to get into the clergy response teams and how they figure into this whole scenario. The selling out of the 501c3 pastors that are, you know, yoked up with FEMA and Homeland Security, which we have talked a lot about before. This is more of an updated version. FEMA camps are being readied. Uh, FEMA camp conversions have been underway since Jade Home 15. If Trump fails to ascend to the office of the presidency, his supporters, primarily Christians, may be headed to FEMA camps. And I put the maybe because I think he said will. Like it's a foregone conclusion, like he's got some crystal ball, like God doesn't exist. Okay. Uh, we are entering into the most dangerous time in American history. I have never seen such a time as when we're living in. I agree. I totally agree with that. We have so... Uh, we have so many simultaneous threats to our health and well-being that it is difficult to know where to begin. ISIS is running rampant through America. Russians and Chinese are bombarding us with cyber attacks on a moment-by-moment basis. Obama has left the Alaskan door open for the Russian invasion. True. China and Russia have married their economies. Uh, okay, I didn't realize that. The petrodollar is under extreme attack. The Russian and Chinese are producing a superclass of weapons while Obama has gutted the military leadership in the country. Here we have a picture of one of these guys these sold-out pastors, and he's literally wearing a clergy response team, says clergy response team, on the back of his jacket. And that's, you're going to be able to identify them. I'm sure they're FEMA-issued, you know. That way you'll know who the traitorous devil is working for Satan. Any pastor wearing a clergy response team jacket. You have sold your soul to Satan, you will beg for the mark of the beast, and um, how does it feel to be a wolf in sheep's clothing? Anyway, many people in the independent media have reported that an estimated 50,000 pastors were recruited by FEMA and DHS as part of their clergy response teams. Now, they're under strict confidentiality. You better not say a word or bad things could happen to you. You could lose your 501c3 status, this and that, whatever. So they're keeping their mouth shut. And that their initial and primary training was to tell their flock to obey the DHS version of Romans 13. Now, I did a whole teaching, which I posted here. Romans 13, an unlimited subservience to the government. Where should a Bible-believing Christian draw the line? I did this all the way back in 2007. Uh, do, and this is just the, the, I don't know, the description of the teaching. Do Christians who use Romans 13 to teach that we should not oppose the president or any other political leader really believe that civil magistrates have unlimited authority to do anything they want without opposition? For example, what if our president decided to resurrect the old monarchical custom of just prime noctis, which is night, no, law of the first night? Uh, that was an old medieval custom where the king claimed the right to sleep with the subject's bride on the first night of their marriage. Man, what a disgusting... Ugh. Would our sincere Christian brethren sheepishly say, Romans chapter 13, we must submit to the government? And would any of us respect any man who would submit to such a law? So there are limits to authority. All human authority is limited by nature. No man has unlimited authority over the lives of other men. 
lordship and sovereignty is the exclusive domain of Jesus Christ. Did John the Baptist violate God's principles of submission to authority when he publicly scolded King Herod for his infidelity? Did Simon Peter and the other apostles violate God's principles of submission and authority when they refused to stop preaching on the streets of Jerusalem? Um, most of them died for this. They, they, they resisted the government to the point where they were killed in the most horrific ways imaginable. The, the original disciples, most of them. Um, Acts 5.29, Then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than men. So even the great prophets and apostles and writers of the Bible, including the writers of Romans chapter 13, understood that human authority, even civil authority, is limited. Many of us have been quick to point out that the bastardization of Romans 13 is designed to force compliance to the government edicts. Okay, now, now I'm back to the Remain Report. Okay, Dave Hodges. Um, the bastardization of Romans 13 is designed to force compliance to the government's edicts who might not otherwise comply. Certainly, all governments are not established by God because that's what they'll claim when they, when they misinterpret Romans 13. Were the governments of Stalin, Hitler, Pol Pot all ordained by God? Of course not. Now, his contact that I guess was, I don't know if he was part of it and he came out or whether he was, I don't know. But he's talked about him a lot. This pastor Mansfield is one of my main contacts regarding the FEMA pastors and his revelations stem from legislation known is the National Emergency Centers Act, or H.R. 645, which mandates the establishment of national emergency centers to be located on military installations for the purpose of providing temporary housing, medical and humanitarian assistance to the individuals and families dislocated due to an emergency or major disaster. Uh, the legislation also states that camps will be used to provide centralized locations to improve the coordination of preparedness, response, and recovery efforts of government, private, and not-for-profit entities and faith-based organizations. So they're going to be literally these 501c3 sold-out devil church pastors are going to be basically in these camps to provide central which will provide centralized locations to improve the coordination and response and recovery efforts of the government and also for these nonprofit entities faith-based organizations the bill also provides that camps can be used to meet other appropriate needs whatever that means as determined by the secretary of homeland security we know they're pure evil this is a carte blanche mandate that many fear could mean the forced detention of american citizens in the event of a widespread rioting following a national emergency or total collapse. So we haven't really even talked about this yet, how this could come into play. Because if all this stuff, or even a portion of it, goes down in the next month and shortly thereafter, well, guaranteed, these guys are going to be called, and you're, and all of a sudden, you're going to know who's on these clergy response teams because they're going to be, you know, card-carrying members all of a sudden. They're going to have the jackets, most likely. They're going to have the badges. Maybe, maybe they won't. Maybe they'll still be low-key. I don't know. But I do believe a lot of them you will be able to, you know, if they're telling you to go along with what FEMA and Homeland Security is saying, you know they're on the team. Uh, Pastor Mansfield attended several briefings, and he could barely believe his ears. He learned of the government's plan to enact martial law. And I've been, I've been talking about this these clergy response teams long before Dave Hodges ever came out with this. I've done tons of studies on this that you can go back and reference. Just 501c3, you're going to hear a lot about it. So Dave Hodges is not my only source of information on this. Again, I've reported on this over a um, long, long, long time, okay, for probably at least 10 years. Going further, um, he learned of government's plans to enact martial law as well to implement forced population relocations. Mansfield emphasized that when martial law is enacted, the enforcement would be immediate. I, I, again, how are you going to enforce this immediately? You're going, you're going to just, you think people are just going to, in mass, open their doors and say, here, here's my, here's my hand, here's my family, take us away to the, lo to the relocation camps? Well, maybe a lot of the 501 sheeple people will. That wouldn't really surprise me. But there's going to be a huge swath of of Christians, even ones in the 501c3, that will not comply with this. Guaranteed. 
Mansfield emphasized that when martial law is enacted, the enforcement would be immediate. In other words, family members will be separated from each other. That's one of the things they would do to you first. They're going to separate you from your family so that if you don't comply, they can say, oh, well, you know, we can't guarantee the safety of your family. Oh, in fact, maybe, oh, gosh, I think they're going to be tortured. Oh, boy, do you really want that on your conscience? So, in other words, in order you to rat out your other Christian friends who maybe they haven't caught yet or maybe you're in hiding and maybe you know where they're at, they're, I mean, I'm telling you, this is this is what they would do if they could do it. I'm not going to say God's going to let it get this bad, but it may happen. If you submit to their authority, just expect the worst possible case scenario because you're dealing with pure evil here, okay? Um, in other words, family members will be separated from each other, and part of the training that the clergy received was how to comfort separated family members. All they're going to be doing is placating them until the... Until the uh, the gallows or you know slaughterhouses pastor mansfield told me that the pastors were trained by fema to go to homes where people refused to be relocated by the authorities and their immediate job was to convince the reluctantly willing to go to the relocation camps ostensibly this was done in lieu of sending in swat teams uh i asked me but remember what paul preston said they don't have enough swat teams They're, they just don't now granted they bring in foreign troops they bring in all these other, they bring in UN troops, they bring in people that have an inherent hatred for our, a lot of ways this could play out. And again, I do these studies so that we can pray about this and go to God and pray for his intervention. And I do believe God's intervened so many times just since this ministry has been in existence. And I'm sure way before that, uh, it boggles the mind how many, think, how many times their timetable has been pushed forward. So let's go forward here. Uh, <clears throat> I asked Mansfield if the FEMA camps were real, and he stated that much of the clergy training focused around the scenario of pastors operating within the forced relocation centers. The main goal of the pastor signed was to bring order and encourage compliance of the DHS, hence the emphasis on Romans 13. So they're going to beat you over the head with Romans 13. They're going to say, all governments of God, and you got to go along with this or you're not a Christian. Okay. Disturbingly, well, it's exactly what Hitler did. He did the same thing with his pastors when he got in. He went to the he went to the quote Catholics, Christians, whatever the churches, and he said, "You preach Romans thirteen. You tell them all governments are damned by God. You better go along with Hitler." And the majority, the vast majority of them, did just that. You know, if they didn't, they were going to probably be exterminated, or you know, maybe not that, but maybe in prison. I don't know. Disturbingly, Pastor Manfield reiterated several times that the number one job of these pastors is to calm down the detainees and encourage their compliance within the people's because they don't they don't want any the new order order is they take you to the slaughterhouse or the gas chambers. They don't really want you to go kicking and screaming. They don't they don't want that hassle. They would rather you just be a compliant sheep and go along with whatever they say. And and that that therefore it makes their job a whole lot easier I'm, I'm just basically reading between the lines here that's why they it would be so important for these devils to placate their their sheep as they go to the slaughter oh you're a good sheep Hugh. you go you go to the you know the hireling the, the bible says that the true shepherd you know loves his flock he loves his sheep that jesus christ is the true shepherd and he loves his sheep but the hireling who is doing it for the money okay, because he's doing it for the hire, has no true love for the sheep, his flock. He's going to sell them out the first chance he gets if, if any kind of pressure is put upon him. Uh, pastor Mansfield also stated that the pastors are being utilized as informants. So just understand if you're in one of these churches and they're mostly mid to larger sized churches, there's a high likelihood that you're, if, especially if you know, there's 50,000 of these guys, 50,000 churches, that's a lot high likelihood that they are data mining and keeping a dossier on their members compiling information about you and that's why the pastors are being utilized as informants because they're little devils that have sold their soul to satan and they will beg for the mark of the beast so you can't really trust that type of person right this is this violates the legal privilege of confidentiality between pastor and churchgoer that is currently recognized by the law so one of the big reasons that the Catholics have had their confessionals, it's just basically information gathering, data mining, and basically ways they can extort you, browbeat you, 
um, shame you, whatever, to get whatever the Catholic Church wants. They've done it since antiquity. Uh, all churchgoers can no longer trust the sanctity of personal confessions and revelations made to pastors or priests. This one illegal act by the DHS completely undermines the Christian church in America. Due to the fact that these clergy response teams will be utilized in the extraction process of America to forced internment resettlement camps, these team members represent the best clue as, as we have as to when martial law will be carried out. I guess what that kind of would mean is if you all of a sudden see your pastor start really preaching Romans 13 real heavily and let's say we have a disaster and he starts saying, hey, you know, I'm getting some inklings that DHS and FEMA are going to show up. We really need to hear what they say and then they show up and they tell you all this stuff. Now, one of the things I was going to say too, and I've said this before, is, is one of the things they would do is make sure they force vaccinate you at the church as you're brought in, that might be the first place you're relocated to. And then you get on. There are some churches, I've literally reported on this, on this one particular church, and there's literally a rail car line right behind the church. So you could have the, the rail cars with the shackles in them, pull right up back of the church, they force vaccinate, and you get, load you right on the cattle cars and take you to the uh, FEMA camp down the tracks. Literally, there are some churches that are set up like that right now, and I, I did a whole report on that. I don't know, it was a couple years ago probably. Okay, so this is the level of evil that we're actually dealing with. This is why I make such a big deal about this 501c3 church thing, you know? Because it. I don't know if there's anything that <laughs> makes me more angry than this, other than probably Pizzagate, you know? Oh, I can't, I mean, I, don't they have any fear of God? I mean, Wow. No fear of God whatsoever. All they care about is saving their skin in this life. And verily, they have their reward. Because they're going to burn in hell. And, and, oh man, I can't even imagine this. Uh, Mansfield told me that the pastors in America are being coerced to participate because they're, when an emergency is declared, no pastor who does not have the FEMA-trained government badge will be allowed to be in the declared emergency safe area. I don't want to be in their emergency declared safe area. I don't want anything to do with it. But these devils are so delusional, they think, oh, it's the only way I'm going to save my skin. Talk about selling your soul to Satan. Pastor Mansfield also felt very strongly this was the government's way of removing Jesus from America's landscape and setting, yeah, yeah, and setting the stage for ushering in the New Age United Nations religion of Gaia. In fact, Mansfield, and I told you the coming backbone of the coming one world religion is witchcraft. I think the Bible is very clear on that. Mansfield shared with me documentation from which the DHS attempt to remove Jesus from the entire internment resettlement process. The pastors were also told not to quote scriptures. Uh, D the DHS document, and I've read, I got way more into this in previous studies with this information, but the DHS document was prepared for pastors, clearly stated that scripture had to be used to quote oppress, that scripture had been used to oppress people in the past and the presenter strongly discouraged its use they're, they're gonna they're gonna say oh the bible oppresses people and we want to liberate them into our into our slaughterhouses we want to show them the, the true way of, of satan okay so here's a little update from him on this your pastor sold you out the clergy response because literally if this stuff goes down in the next month the 45 days or whatever these will be activated. This will be a factor. This will be part of the problem that a lot of people are facing. Hi, this is Dave Hodges of the Common Sense Show, and you're listening to The Red List News, where we are freeing America, one enslaved mind at a time. Your pastor has probably sold you out. What am I speaking about? I'm talking specifically about the fact that many of your pastors, particularly if you belong to a medium to large size church, is a member of the clergy response team controlled by NOVAD, which is a Department of Homeland Security operation. And what they the acronym for that is N-O-V-A-D, NOVAD. They are all about is to guide you and yours to complete compliance. First, they base everything on Romans 13, render under Caesar what is Caesar, 
and they morph and bastardize this particular biblical passage to mean that you should do everything that the government tells you because it says so in the Bible. Well, what if the government tells you to murder innocent people in a FEMA camp? Is that in the Bible? I think not. There are limits to Romans 13. We are under the rule right now of New World Order globalists who seek to depopulate the planet, and one of the examples that we can point to is abortion. Whether you're pro-life or pro-choice matters not. One cannot deny over 60 million babies have been butchered since Roe v. Wade. This is a depopulation move. Does this sound like something that, Ro that Romans 13 and the Lord himself would support? I think not, but it gets a lot more serious than this. How many pastors are in what they call the clergy response team? The estimates say as many as 100 to 120,000 pastors have a strong to a moderate affiliation with the clergy response team. 100 to 120,000, that's way more than we just had cited. So, I mean, that's a ton of pastors, if that's the case. Dare I say the majority of churches? I don't know how prevalent it is. I don't know how many churches are in America, but I mean, that seems like a ton of churches to me. My sources tell me they just held a meeting of some of the top clergy in this country last week and said it could be necessary for the people's safety to relocate them to places of safe haven. That is 1984 think-speak for FEMA camps. Let's make no... It's, it's also Hunger Games very-esque. And it's also the whole wilding of America where they're going to get people off their land with through some type of whatever excuse so they can move them into the stack-and-pack city areas, or in this case FEMA camps, and, and obviously they want to keep us all corralled, they want to keep us all together, they, they, we're much easier to manipulate, we're much easier to slaughter... We're much easier to whatever in that type of scenario. Everybody's spread out. They don't have control over that, you know. And and um, so, yeah, I could see it. I could see his point there. No mistake about it. And FEMA camps have been in the training for these pastors with regard to their clergy response team trained duties. A number of years ago, I interviewed Pastor Walter Mansfield, and he specifically said that they were told that when they were bringing people in, they were the pastors were to calm them down, but they could not quote the Bible. They only I think that's when Mansfield gave them the number of 50,000, so this new number, the 100 to 120,000, oh, considering you know the time that's went by, yeah, it could be very accurate. I could say God is testing us and we have to be strong. Trust in your government, Romans 13. This is happening right now. I'm also getting reports, and I have dispersed this on Before It's News, that FEMA camps in some regions are being operationalized. And I have talked to people affiliated with the operation, oper I should say how to, basically what I'm saying is people who would be manning these camps. I've heard from family members, two of them to be specific, with regard to the fact that they have left on National Guard duty and they're taking up residence. However, under FM 39.4, and I would encourage you to look this up, Army Field Manual, Regulation 39.4, what we have in these FEMA camps will be foreign operatives. FM 39.4 clearly calls for the use of foreign troops. Why would they use foreign troops? They use foreign troops because they'll do things to American citizens that American troops might hesitate in doing. That's why. And they've already got them all pre-positioned here. Earlier, I reported in another podcast that Obama was shipping combat troops out of the country, where most of our combat troops now are overseas, and we're adding that number as we go. Why? Because when Donald Trump is supplanted as the president-elect and will not assume office, there will be uprisings in this... Okay, so he's assuming that's a foregone conclusion. And again, this is the thing with Hodges. It's like, it's always worst case... The thing is, I have to present this because I think that we need to have a heads up for potential worst case scenario, but 
so much so much of the time he presents it as just like this is going to happen this way and we just might as all well die and and we have no hope it's over that's the way that it's kind of presented i mean you don't hear very very much about the lord jesus christ about prayer about fasting about god intervening about the i mean you saw a little bit he said at the end of one of those but it gets maddening over time listening to this guy so i'm here to try to interject no whoa god's still on the throne and and you know he can intervene he's done it a ton of times he always preserves a remnant in the bible and yeah if we end up dying absent for the bodies to be present with the lord uh but man with this guy it's just all pure most of the time doom and gloom country fema camps have been prepared for this purpose and some of the clergy response leadership have been briefed on what their role will be in calming down the masses to have an orderly transition what i basically am calling trump supporters to fema camps yeah i've given you a lot to chew on right here but you're going to see other news outlets reporting on this after the election is stolen that's provided that we still have voice to be in the media because there are also plans to take us down given evidence of the Washington Post preemptive move against organizations like my own calling us a Russian propaganda situation. We live in very, very perilous times. I would encourage you to look up the clergy response team. I would encourage you to research details on Pastor Walter Mansfield and what he said his training consisted of when he was in the clergy response team. You can just key in clergy in the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com. And most of the time when I've used that word, it's connected with clergy response team. And it will show up, that word will show up highlighted in all the end time current event. Uh, when you click on the individual teaching to see if I talked about it, you'll see it in the table of contents. You'll see the, the word highlighted. So you can quickly identify, if you want to know more about it, teachings where I have talked about it. And I would encourage you to look specifically hard at FM 39.4 and the use of foreign troops in FEMA camps. I'd also invite you to go back to Jade Helm 15, in which I detailed many times in great detail with photos, places of business, schools, shopping malls that have been retrofitted to serve as FEMA camps. You'll see the guard towers, the gates, the whole nine yards. If you go to the search engine at the Common Sense Show and put these search terms in, you will see very clearly what I am speaking about. And you will have an OMG moment when you realize how big this operation is. But I'll leave you with a final thought. The man who launched President Obama's political career from his Chicago living room Bill Ayers and his wife, Bernadine Dorn, both convicted felons for their role in the Weatherman Underground radical communist subversive group made up of Harvard and other Ivy League educated red diaper babies as they were called, and they were penetrated by an FBI special informant, the late Larry Grathwall, who I interviewed on my show several times. Larry produced a video that you can find on the Common Sense Show. You can simply go to YouTube and put in Larry Grathwall, and you'll see what I'm talking about. Larry had a conversation with Bill Ayers, and Bill Ayers said, well, you know, when we take over, Larry, we will have to put, now this is 1969, we'll have to put 50 million Americans in re-education camps, and we will have to do away with 25 million of them. This is from an ex-special informant from the FBI. Someone who I knew well, someone who Doug Hagman and Joe Hagman knew well before his passing. And he started singing these songs, and I'm speaking about Larry, four or five years ago, six years ago. And a lot of people, including family members, think that Larry Grathwalt was actually murdered to keep him quiet about what he was starting to reveal. There are a lot of dots to connect in this particular podcast. I realize... I mean, you saw what happened to the Jews when they went willingly to the concentration camps. 
and and the other uh, ethnic minorities that the that the Germans took, you know, it's going to be the same scenario if they have their way. Now, I'm not saying God's going to permit it, but I'm saying if they have their way with, you know, this demographic, Trump supporters slash Christians slash pro Second Amendment, pro life, pro Bible pro-righteousness, conservative, already on the list. They've got, they've got better ways of keeping track of this now than they ever did in Hitler's day. Uh, the key is, is, is not going along quietly. The key is, is not going along with their nefarious evil plan and letting them impose their evil will on the populace in mass, you know, um, resisting this tyranny. Because, you know, I just don't see how it's biblical to go... You hell yeah here take my family let's just go to the slaughter and, and only God knows what they're going to do to these people once they get them in the camps prior to them being put to death. God only knows what kind of torture and what kind of sexual abuse and and you're you're going to be on the absolute total home turf of pure evil in these camps if you if you go into them and and again I hope this doesn't happen I'm saying though if this is implemented okay and i'm just here to warn you about it you know you, you do what god tells you to do but i'm here to warn you about what what they're you know <laughs> I, I can't even imagine the kind of horrors that people are going to go through in these things that but i've given you information that if you think these claims sound outrageous and unbelievable you go check them out i don't see how a reasonable person can draw any other conclusion than what i've presented here well, that's it for the Red List News. We do appreciate you. Okay, so we have that one. Um, now, now we're going to get into how Islam figures into this whole scenario. Yeah, because there's been a lot of breaking news about Islam as of late regarding this coming conflict. In fact, this was the original news that kind of... This is the original news that started getting me to look at this subject... Um, and then all of a sudden, all of this other information came out that we've already just covered now on the first, I guess, uh, we're, we're into the middle of the fifth part now. Okay, so the first report here in this section is uh, ISIS plot Bloody Friday for Trump inauguration. Islamic State has declared the day Donald Trump is inaugurated as the U.S. President Bloody Friday. Now, again, whether they're saying this to try to bait and switch, to try to say, okay, everybody, we Muslims, we honest Muslims are, are telling you the day that we're going to totally attack, here's when we're going to do it, and we're trying to give you a heads up, like they would ever, I've never seen them really do that, okay, obviously they're lying devils, you can't trust them any far, you can throw them, so whether this is actually going to really happen, I do believe it would happen, if we get to that point, and obviously this would work into the Obama, the Clinton, the New World Order narrative where we could cause destabilization of the Trump presidency from day one. Maybe that's going to be their angle. Maybe how that's they're going to go at it. If they can't pull off all the stuff they're going to try to in the next month, maybe that'll be plan B. Okay, we'll let him get in the presidency, but we'll ruin his presidency because we'll, we'll be causing so many conflicts, so much division, so much chaos, so much, you know, all of these things that are going to be turned loose from day one that his presidency will be basically ruined from day one. We're going to make sure that we do everything to sabotage him. Maybe that's the way they'll go. Or maybe this is a bait and switch where they're going to un unleash these devils in, you know, the next week, two, three, whatever so that people are caught more flat-footed because everybody was looking to the 20th of January as the inauguration day. Again, I'm just thinking out loud here. I'm just presenting scenarios I could see potentially going down. So, you know, hypervigilance is kind of the norm now. Because you never know when they're going to spring what they're trying to do. But they're saying that this is going to be called Bloody Friday, Donald Trump inauguration, as it fears brutal backlash from the new regime, and they should be, uh, fearing brutal backlash. The Islamic terror organization is reported to have recruited a number of new English-speaking operatives in recent months in a major bid to communicate messages ahead of the day. The U.S. Special Forces will be on high alert when Mr. Trump takes over 
as the 45th President of the United States, Friday, January 20th, 2017. Security analysis have been following communications between members of the group. According to reports, ISIS has expanded production of special editions of official videos with English subtitles in recent weeks um, with a view to reinforcing targets on U.S. soil. I, like I said for years about this, it's just a matter of time before they give these devils the green light. Now, if Trump gets in, that throws a major, major um, monkey wrench into their plans to use all of these Muslim devils that are already on our soil. You're not going to have a Muslim in the White House anymore. You're not going to have the White House being yoked up with ISIS and with every other wicked, evil Muslim faction in unison to destroy America. Hopefully you're not, at least. you know. And ISIS linked a mock agency telegram channels have resumed posting on social networks after they were temporarily after they went temporary offline following a terror attack in the u.s last monday next report battle ready jihadis flood europe more than 1500 jihadist fighters with isis in syria and iraq have returned to europe so evidently they were in europe and then they went to go fight in syria and iraq they returned to europe with orders to, quote, carry out attacks in the EU. Like, they haven't had enough attacks there in the EU. They've got to, now they really, really got to step it up. An EU report warned that an estimated 5,000 European ISIS fanatics went to Syria and Iraq, and 15 to 20% of them died on the battlefield. Um, jihadis are now primed to attack Europe. An EU report warned about 30 to 35% have returned with specific missions, while the other half remain in the battle theater in, I guess, Syria and Iraq. This means that as many as 1,750 may have returned, uh, based on percentages listed in the report, which EU counterterrorism coordinator Mr. Kirchhoff will present to the EU interior ministers on Friday. So now, you know, again, when, when Islam, when this attack goes hot in america it's probably going to go also very very hot in europe where it's already obviously they're, they're way more taken over than we are at this point um next one and this is a little bit this happened i don't know a while back but not a while back but like five weeks probably four weeks Muslim Arab, I had to put this in there though, Muslim Arab social media ablaze with Israel is burning posts celebrating fires. This is when Israel was having all of those wildfires, like we were having too, uh, which obviously could have very, very much been caused by these Muslims. This is one of the ways they attack because they're, they're stinking coward devils and they'll go and they'll light fires in you know civilian regions hoping that it'll burn up a lot of the civilians in their homes and just create as much misery because they they want the maximum penalty in hell that they can get and they're begging for god's um judgment and rage and fury so they want to make sure they do as much as they can to store up as much wrath from god as possible evidently is their game plan it's the only thing i can think anyway raging bushfires forced the evacuations of tens of thousands of people from parts of israel's third Largest city, Haffa, on Thursday as firefighters struggled to control blazes across the country. Some residents were trapped in their homes as the army called a preservist to help cope with a third day of fires, which authorities speculated could have been started deliberately. Any of the fires, I mean, we had those fires in Gatlinburg. There was, that was very, very su- suspicious. A lot of fires here in North Carolina. We know we, and they, they, a lot of them were in the mountainous regions near where I live. Well, I mean, I had some days here where it was just, you know, the whole area was just smoke you know um so i felt it personally and we know i've reported on all the the muslim enclaves all the terrorist muslim enclaves up in the mountains in north carolina and the government knows about them they don't do a thing about them they're up there training all these devils so ultimately you know when they finally go hot um any of these fires currently sweeping across Israel that were lit by arsonists should be considered as acts of terrorism and will be dealt with accordingly. Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu said on Thursday, here's a post from one of these sick, disgusting devils with this little grin and smirk on his face, this chic guy. And this is a Twitter post. 
by Kuwaiti's Grand Mosque, Sheikh Mashari Al-Fasi Rashid, celebrating the fires in Israel. And he's got literally pictures of Israel ablaze, okay, with these fires. And he's got like this little happy face with all of this other, I don't even know, it's Arabic writing, but he's celebrating, you know. They think that they are on the winning side. They think that serving Satan they're going to win big and they're going to have this reward from Allah, 72 virgins in, in, in paradise and their white-skinned boys be able to, you know, do whatever they want to do in paradise forever. And the exact opposite scenario is of what is actually waiting for these devils. And may God rain down his fury on their wickedness. Muslim social media networks on Thursday were rife with inflammatory celebratory reactions in light of the myriad of brush fires that have been blazing across central and northern Israel, all of them obviously come from Muslims because they're sick, demented devils in the head. Dry conditions and high winds have spread flames across central and northern regions of Israel, as well as the West Bank. Um, public security minister said it was clear that a large part of the fires were the, were the result of arson. He said the number of suspects have, have been arrested and that teams have been set up to investigate each of the fires. Netanyahu said there were currently 15 fires. Police have reported over 200, though, since Tuesday. I mean, these, these devils. Now, this happened some weeks back as well. Police believe the Ohio State murder suspect was an OSU, a Muslim Somali refugee. Obviously, he was a Muslim. Suspect's name was 18-year-old Abdul Atran, a student at the university. He was a Muslim Somali invader who left his homeland with his family in 2007, lived in Pakistan. I mean, you know, with that kind of pedigree, you, you wouldn't think, uh, obviously, you would think he's a great guy. I mean, you know, Somali, Pakistan, you know, Muslim, hey, you know, what's not to like? And then he came to the United... I'm just saying those are hotbeds for these Muslim devils. Um came to the United States in 2014 as a permanent resident of the United States. Right now on Infowars.com, shooting at Ohio State University today. Ohio State University is a gun-free zone, yet somehow a bad guy with a gun got in. Ohio State I can't see how that's possible he he knew it was gun free even though they said later he wasn't using a gun a lot of weird stuff about this about this story who knows what the real truth is but again even if he wasn't using a gun a knife or whatever it's it's going to be something where people are not going to be armed or typically have a weapon to protect themselves it's going to be prime breeding ground for a devil like this to come on campus and to try to kill as many people as possible it's what always typically happens the gun-free zones are where all of these mass either shootings or running over people or knife attacks take place because they know they're going to have a lot of typically people there that are going to be um, not able to protect themselves, at least with a weapon. University where at least nine people were shot today is another gun-free zone highlighting yet again the insanity of preventing responsible people from having access to firearms during a mass shooting incident. That was my first response when I heard this story. I can only imagine, if I was a student witnessing this, how I wish either I had a firearm or one of my friends around me had a So again, Bo, they came out later and said it was a knife attack, and he, he ran people with his car. So again, you know, with these stories, you just expect to be lied to. So, firearm. The school's Columbus campus issued an alert ordering students to shelter in place just before 10 a.m. this morning after reports of an active shooter. Imagine if that campus was already alert and the professors had guns and they had a protocol to activate the professors. According to some eyewitnesses, the attack began when a man on a bike was run over before two men emerged from a vehicle, one carrying a gun and the other carrying a machete. And here is a photo that was tweeted by Jack Posobiec today regarding the... So here, here was a photo from the incident, a guy that was there... He said, I ran over a guy on a bike, then one of them with a gun, and then a, mache and then a machete came out. Another guy with a gun. So he said, one guy with a gun and a machete. So he said both of them had guns. Yet, that was totally scrubbed from what we heard within hours after this report came out. You know? Um, they Again, 
whatever narrative they're trying to to portray is really you know what they're what they're after and evidently that didn't fit into their their narrative but probably because they're muslims and they want everybody to think that you know muslims are just wonderful and pure people and you know puritanical um anyway this was a, a direct post from a guy on site so hack ohio state university is a gun-free zone Students are not allowed to carry guns on campus despite the fact that the state allows for a concealed carry under Ohio law. Well, we all have a Second Amendment right. Last year, the Umpqua Community College, where 10 people were shot dead, was also a gun-free zone, ensuring that the victims were left defenseless <sighs> against the killer. Exactly. Like many leftist policies, they always are going to have to have human sacrifice. And I ask you, how many people are you willing to sacrifice for your gun legislation? How many people are you willing to sacrifice for your gun-free zone? This is Owen Troyer from Infowars.com. I'm not gonna sit here and take it anymore. Talk show host is Alex Jones. He's a, he's a conspiracy theorist. Radio talk show host Alex Jones. Alex Jones. Jones is the wildly popular conspiracy theorist. Radio talk show host. Okay, sorry about that. Anyway, that's um, that was that report. Now, again, some stories relating to this. Uh, he was evidently, he had complained about the lack of Muslim prayer rooms at Ohio State University. So he really... I mean, obviously, he had every right. They or these, they're, now they're saying one, but at the scene, the guy saw two, both with guns. But then it turns into a, always a lone assailant with just a knife in this particular case. So this is just the norm. Now they just lie from the very get go, or or at first you might get the real information coming out, and then they're going to just cover it up later. Uh, but he, he had complained about the lack of prayer rooms on campus. So I, I think that's a good enough reason to, to commit mass murder. Um, and then you have flashback. I guess this had happened. ISIS is calling for random knife attacks across the globe. So, again, whether it was a knife or gun, we know one of the guys had a machete and a, a gun. You know, killing two birds with one stone there, I guess. Um, and then also, 43,000 Somali refugees settled in the U.S. under Obama. So only... 40,000, 43,000 of these people have been brought in and um, with similar pedigrees, I bet a lot of them, because a lot of them are Muslim and, and the Somalis are notoriously known for their brutal tactics and killing Christians and things of this nature. If you've ever seen any documentaries on them, it's just so beyond horrific. I can't even describe it. Um, here's another report. And this is entitled Terrorists Across the Globe Know the U.S. Southern Border is Wide Open. Here's a whole other wrinkle to what is contributing about everything that we talked about today. It's, it's just making it worse every single day. And this is why they're letting the border be wide open. Now they want to get the maximum amount of devils in here so that when they go hot with their plans, they're going to have as many of their satanic foot soldiers already here on U.S. soil. Well, in our final segment tonight, we're going to be talking about the southern border. We have an in-house resident expert, Joe Biggs, reporter for InfoWars that has been to the southern border, and we have some really troubling information for you. It turns out not only are people exploiting our border coming across illegally, but it looks like we have an additional threat, a 9-11 mastermind, an Al-Qaeda mastermind. He favors our immigration open border policy. Big surprise there, Joe. I know you have some more information regarding this, a piece that came out in the Washington Examiner. Let us know what you found. Well, there's a guy named James Mitchell. He was a CIA contractor who uh, worked out at Guantanamo Bay and actually dealt with a lot of these uh, high-level, high-tier uh, individuals who uh, really have done some bad things and continue to do bad things. And uh, basically what this book is that he has written, James Mitchell, breaks down how enhanced interrogations have worked. And this is coming from the mouths of actual individuals who've been held there for years saying, hey, you know, this stuff... It, it, it actually works like, you know, I normally wouldn't have said half the things I've done and it's led to, you know, a lot of things being uh, stopped. It says the jailed architect of 9-11 revealed that Al-Qaeda's plan to kill the United States was not through military attacks, but by immigration and outbreeding non-Muslims who would use a legal system to install Sharia law, according to a blockbuster new book 
Now, we've talked about this time and time again, how the borders are completely and totally wide open. Just the other day, Barack Obama suspended drone use at the borders, and we'll get to that part. But I've been out on the border numerous times. We already have a wall in some areas, and some areas we don't. Some areas, the, the wall consists of merely uh, just wooden posts with maybe a strand of barbed wire that really is nothing and it's so easily to penetrate and to get through. Joe, what does that say to you that Khalid Sheikh Mohammed, you know, a known terrorist, he's saying, you know, look, our, our weak-kneed politicians, they're going to come after waterboarding, and, and nobody likes the thought of waterboarding. You know, it's disgusting and despicable. They're doing this to people that have, you know, not-so-veiled threats against the U.S. that are involved in terrorist activities that want to see our country destroyed. And, oh, by the way, our southern border, they see that as a prime opportunity. Just come on through because it's wide open. Meanwhile, Trump is called a racist and a bigot. He's not compassionate because he wants to close the border and secure law and order, which we haven't had for eight years now because of our, our current president. We have terrorists saying, look, take advantage of the border. It's wide open. Take advantage of your immigration policies. We need to defeat the U.S. Here's a way to do it. We've covered this on InfoWars time and again, where people, we did a radio spot about this two months ago, where uh, we talked about how terrorists across the across the world are saying, look, there's a prime opportunity here. You can go right up on up through Central America, across the southern border into the U.S. You're going to go largely undetected. We've had that S-2 route. Border agents were actually told to stand down as of October 1st. They're not even patrolling it anymore. That's a known route for smugglers. And you brought us another article coming out of Breitbart, Texas. Uh, Breitbart, Texas leaders demand restart for aerial border surveillance. You touched on this a second ago, the drone aspect. The president has canceled the drones on the border. We don't want anybody looking at that border. Why do you think he's so anti-American? I don't know. I mean, <laughs> you can clearly see that the stuff works. You know, like I've said time and time again, I was in the border in Arizona, and I spent some time out there. It's an area called Hereford. And there is a big wall in that one area, but there's many areas where it breaks and it's very easy to get across. Mm -hmm. Now, just on the other side, Mexico are cartel houses and things like that that can be seen from this guy, Glenn Spencer's backyard. And he has this system that he's created where he uses seismic readers that go in the ground. And whenever someone walks and gets close to the border, it actually sets off these autonomous drones and then gives real-time footage back to his command center. And then he can call Border Patrol and police and say, hey, man, there's drugs coming across. There's human smuggling, mm -hmm. there's terrorists, they're armed, they're not armed, and it works. It's something that's very effective, and that's why it's important to read this stuff because I'm going to give you some more uh, quotes from this guy. It says, the book that's set for release next Tuesday from Crown Forum show that Muslim terror groups had a much bigger plan to crush America than just through attacks like 9-11. Instead, the plan is to fill the country with like-minded Muslims through the country's easy immigration laws and by having babies, and then using the U.S. legal and welfare system to turn the country into a system like Iran. Now, the terrorist, he said the terror attacks were good, but the practical way to defeat America was through immigration and by outbreeding non-Muslims. He said jihadi-minded brothers would immigrate into the U.S., taking advantage of the welfare system to support themselves while they spread their jihadi message. They will wrap themselves in America's rights and laws for protection ratchet up acceptance of Sharia law, and then, only when they are strong enough, rise up and violently impose Sharia from within. He said the brothers would relentlessly continue their attacks, and the American people would eventually become so tired, so frightened, and so weary of war that they would just want it to end. And eventually, America will expose her neck for us to slaughter. <laughs> and there, He said it all. In fact, I didn't know he quoted that. I just went deleted the post that I was going to cover that. He just said the quote, though. I don't need to say it again. I don't, I'm reiterating enough stuff today. But this is their plan. This is their plan. And, I mean, every bit of it is wicked and evil to the core. Everything about Islam is wicked and evil to the core. And they are here for our destruction. That, that is lock, stock, and barrel. That is, that is the only plan they've got is jihad and a global Islamic caliphate and exposing our necks to the slaughter. That's their ultimate goal. These are the kind of people that we have to worry about. That's why when we talked about the Paris attacks, when I went out to Paris with Michael Zimmerman and I went into Belgium, the way that these guys were getting across over in Europe were these open borders. And they use it and they, ex they, they, they use this uh, refugee crisis as a way to be able to skate in and slip in through the cracks and then go out and carry these attacks. You know, those who don't learn from history are doomed to repeat it. And we've seen how wide open borders can lead to death. 
how it can lead to chaos, how it can lead to your entire civilization collapsing, and that's what's happening over in Europe. So why would we not sit here? Why would, we, why would we not look at that and learn from that and go, you know what? Let's not make that mistake. Let's secure the borders. Let's vet who's coming across. Not only that, but tackling this this issue where we have non-citizens taking advantage of our welfare state. Uh, and then this is something that we've talked about here on InfoWars. Alex has covered it in depth. I know that you have a heart for this issue as well because we don't want to see our country fall. You know, we like our values. We like our American system. We like our, you know, our principles. We like being able to have free speech in this nation. Well, I wouldn't agree with everything. The American, typical American principles is something that I don't really like. But the freedom, though, is I think what we're emphasizing here. We don't want Sharia law imposed on our people here. And the fact that you have you have an open leader saying this is how we're going to defeat them and conquer them. We're just going to make sure that all of these non-citizens are going to secure rights, the same rights that citizens have, and they're going to begin mass breeding. We're going to outbreed a population. Doesn't that alarm you? It's like, what? What? I mean, the guy, Khalid Mohammed, smiled and said the media, either on purpose or without realizing it, would promote Islam's cause and champion tearing down the measures put in place to protect the American people after 9-11. He said the media would promote al-Qaeda's cause by framing the war against Islam, his characterization, not mine, and that's the guy who wrote the book, as morally wrong, impossible to win, and fraught with unacceptable losses. He said the media's response was one of Allah's gifts, one of the ways Allah preordained for Americans <laughs> to set aside those things which kept us safe and prevented attacks in the immediate uh, aftermath of 9 11. So here he is bragging. He knows disgusting that we're going to be empathetic. We have these big hearts. We're going to go, like, oh my God, you know, these poor immigrants. Soros called the Catholics useful idiots when it comes to this because of their compassion. That's that's a very known thing. Well, these are smart people. They understand. They, they, they don't just live in caves like a lot of people think. They're not just sitting out there, you know, <laughs> you know, milking goats and, you know, you know, screaming Allah Akbar all day. Like these guys, no combat, no war. They are masters of their. Uh, their trade, and that is manipulating people. If you go to places like Iraq and Afghanistan, it's part of their culture to lie to non-believers. It is okay Absolutely. to lie to non-believers. So they will tell you whatever it is you want to hear just so they can, at the end, get their way and have it. Look, this is not an assault for me on, on Muslims at all. This is an assault on Sharia law being implemented in this country, and we have a playbook by but, this author. If this is how this. But is here, here's the thing. Here, here's where I refuse to do what she just did. The Muslims want the Sharia law. Okay, it's ingrained into their culture. They did polls up in the people that live up in Michigan. Not one, and it was almost universal. They all said, well, "I'd rather have Sharia law." Well, Sharia law is basically like your, um, their boot across your neck and them imposing their will on the infidel. Okay, so I don't give any Muslims a pass. Come out of that devil death cult or whatever. Oh, well, I know these Muslims and they're peaceful. Then you know what? They're lukewarm infidel Muslims that'll have their heads struck off. Or they better get in line and comply with what the radical elements of Islam want because that's what's coming. Now, I hope it never gets to that point here. But I'm saying there is no such thing as a lukewarm um, Muslim over in Qatar or Saudi Arabia in these types of places. That's where they take Islam literally. Yes, there's different flavors of it. Get it. Shia, Sunni, Wahhabist, whatever. Okay, but ultimately, if you follow the Quran and you all follow the other unholy writings... It's all about an Islamic caliphate at the end of the day. And they all pray to the same devil god. So I don't really care if they're peaceful or whatever. Their goal, they're going to go along with an Islamic caliphate. They're going to do nothing to stop it. Okay, They're going to shelter the radical elements of Islam. They will act as a Trojan horse. They'll act like they're your best neighbor, your best friend, or whatever. But as far as I'm concerned, that's all a front. Because I look at the devil behind the religion and who they all pray to. Because from the, the most radical elements of Islam to the most supposed peaceable, who are they praying to at the end of the day? Allah. Okay? The same devil death god, moon god, pagan moon god that they've been praying to for that devil death cult since its inception. That's what I look at.
to work here and for people to just idly sit by the fact that they call the mainstream media one of Allah's greatest gifts to them you know we've got a mainstream media in this country that lies to us that bullies us that wants us to believe that if we speak out that uh, you know we're hateful racist bigots that simply isn't the case and uh, the, the greatest thing that they've done to the American people is to silence them and to push them into a corner don't you just love that Donald Trump pulled in all of these TV networks and uh, these big personalities that are larger than life and basically walloped all of them in the face saying how dare you lie you know it, it is time to dethrone these people to defang them because of what they've done to our society they're aiding people who want to destroy us if that is not crystal clear by now we haven't done our jobs frankly yeah, it's pretty scary. I mean, it's all right here. I mean, here you have it from a guy who's led people, a guy who's a known terrorist, and he's saying that he's going to use our, our weaknesses completely and totally against us. He's going to do everything he can to train his brothers to, to exploit our open borders, to tug at our heartstrings and know that we're going to have these social justice warriors who are going to stand up and fight for them and in the end be the death of them. Exactly. Yeah. Well, you know what? We could. So, okay, so we have that. Um, I'm going to go ahead and end part five here, and I think I will be able to get this done in one more part. So God bless you, and we will see you in part six.